This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions because it's time to dish the dirt. On The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. And uh, good morning. Uh, It's your sous chef of The uh, Garden Show here, Frank Proctor. Nice to uh, see you again. You're like, figuratively speaking, of course. Of course. Because I'm looking at the microphone. I don't see anybody out there. But, well, you know, sous chef, just to clarify, is yes. another way of saying that you're the under, 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 under Very under gardener. Yes, that is gardener true. Gardener in training. But that you have true. learned a lot. Well, and, you know, I think that was pointed out by a friend who tunes in from Belgium in yes, Brussels he listens there, to the podcast. Peter Hume. As a matter of fact, he sent a delightful little email to you that I've just got to share. Mm. He said... Uh, um, he was uh, in Germany, Germany yeah. in a lovely village surrounded by beautiful woods to install a water softening machine. And anyway, he says, guess what? When I got out of my pickup and smelt the fresh air, I immediately thought to myself, this must be what Frank smells like. <laughs> Falling right out of a pine tree. <laughs> we'll get to that a little bit later with Sierra soul in mind, okay? But thank you, Peter. That, that's great. Nice to have you along. And he's got a great tip that I'll pass along at some point in the show, too. Yeah. For, uh, Keeping squirrels away from your newly planted bulbs. Right. Good idea. Now, it's a tip from Belgium or somewhere in Europe. Yeah. 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 Let's find out who you've been doing. What, what, what have you been up to this past week? Oh. <laughs> I had your with I wasn't ready for that. Uh, I know. <laughs> um, what have I been doing? I've been watching a bit of television, been yeah. crying a bit. But, oh, oh, God, yeah. We've um, all been whining. <clears throat> but, um, yeah. The yeah. usual. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, what's coming up then? Maybe I better. Well, why don't lead you give us some phone numbers oh, just in case somebody wants to call <laughs> in? We my job. Do yeah. we do actually run this as a that's, as a phone in show? Yeah. Oh, that's right. So it's not kind of a good idea to let people know the number. <laughs> Very good. Okay. Already in Toronto, call four one six three six zero zero seven forty. 1-866-740-4740 for anywhere out of town, and it is toll-free. And uh, that being said, too, uh, keep in mind one uh, question per call. Uh, yes, caller, call. Call often, <clears throat> yes. But one question per call. And if you're a first-time caller, let Sebastian, good-looking Sebastian in there, let, he, let him know that you're a first-time caller. And when you get to the air... That's what you're going to hear. You're going to get your wings, your exactly. garden wings. Exactly. Special gift from us. Exactly. All righty. So a couple things coming up tomorrow. Uh-huh. <clears throat> Two things going on, so you're going to have to be, like, ready to go so you can race from one event to the other. The Toronto Rhododendron Society is inviting everyone to a special afternoon with Steve Hootman of the Rhododendron Species Botanical Garden in Washington State. He's going to speak on... Excuse me, rhododendrons in the wild, highlights of plant hunting in Asia and beyond. Steve is one of the world authorities on rhododendrons, and he'll lead you into remote regions of the world as he searches for rare and new rhododendrons and other plants that are threatened with extinction. The lecture is at 2 p.m. in Studio One at the Toronto Botanical Garden, 777 Lawrence Avenue East. So, also going on tomorrow, the Ontario Rock Garden and Hardy Plant Society presents... 
Todd Boland from Memorial University in Newfoundland at 1 o'clock. So, of course, you're going to be at this one, and then you're going to race off to the other one. His topic is the Arctic Alpines of the Newfoundland Limestone Barrens. At 2.30, uh, Steve Hootman will speak uh, from... Where am I? Just double-checking. Oh, yeah. Uh, okay, so then... What? Oh, okay, so then Steve... Oh, so then what am I saying? So Steve, it looks like, goes from Rhododendron Society to the Ontario Hardy Plant Society, so maybe you could just stay at the Ontario Rock Garden and Hardy Plant <laughs> Society meeting because he's going to speak on rhododendrons. Wow, it's a very packed meeting. Bring a friend and a mug. Of course, there's free parking at the Cummer Park Community Centre, 6000 Leslie Street in North York. Monday, the following day, from 8 p.m. to 9.45, join the Ancient Court Garden Club mm-hmm. in the Knox United Christian Education Centre, 2575 Midland Avenue. It's their monthly meeting to learn, laugh, and have dessert. Well, that, learn, that, laugh, and have dessert. I like that. That's their mantra. With a presentation by the hilarious, award-winning guest speaker, Lizzie Matheson, on do-it-yourself Christmas urns. Bring pocket change for the tea, coffee, dessert table while you chit-chat and network and meet all kinds and make new friends. There you are. Okay. Well, the lines are uh, open indeed, and I see chock full at the moment, so we better get to it, uh, Charlie. Okay. A couple of messages from some of our fine sponsors, and Charlie and I shall return, we promise, here from Zuma Radio. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, fox, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You've picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. And let's bid good welcome, good welcome, good morning, and welcome to. I'm telling you, Frank, <laughs> you're I'm going to have a hell of a day here. Scary you got it. today. Well, you know what? It is, the Trump thing is throwing me right off. Oh, uh, for sure. Okay, Blame that's Trump. my excuse yeah, yeah, all this not? week. West Lauren is where Sharon is calling her. Hi, Sharon. Good morning. Good morning, both to both of you. Good and morning. The Trump thing is throwing me off too. Uh, but anyway, yeah. um, the uh, I'm calling about hostas. Mm-hmm. I bought some hostas. Um, they had been divided for. Uh, to sell and whatever, and I got about four in about the middle of August. I never got around to putting them in the ground, Mm -hmm. and I was wondering if it was still too late now to put them in. The the leaves have died, of course, Mm -hmm. and um, I was wondering if it was too late to to put them in the ground now. Are they, excuse me, are they in a pot? Yeah, they're in a, they're in a, like, plastic pots. They have they have divided them, right? And put them in pots and whatever. And so four too, different pots. Um, they've, they've pretty well. Do you have a permanent location where you know where you want them to go? Yeah, I want them around my one of my trees at the front and okay. whatever. But I just never got the extra earth around the tree mm-hmm. and and uh, got them in. The, I never got them in the ground. So do you have the earth now? I have the earth now. Yes. Okay. Um, well, so what I would say is yes. Go ahead and plant them now. But the now being today, if possible. If it's all kind of just can't be scheduled in for another few days or week or so, the other option is leave them in the pots and then just bury the plants, pot and all, anywhere in the garden. Maybe you have a vegetable garden or an area where it's just open in the winter. Uh Just 
bury them pot and all, mound up a few leaves around them. You know, even bury them a little deeper, but stick some some sticks in the soil so you'll know where they are because, of course, you won't see them in the spring. No, no. And, uh, and then, of course, pull them up in the spring once the ground thaws, and then you can easily put them in their permanent location. Okay. The nice thing about leaving mm. them in the pots, like I say, is you can bury them a little bit deeper mm-hmm. uh, just to, to help with the fact that, you know, it's extreme weather is coming and you don't want those pots getting forced up out of the, out of the ground as no, it freezes. No. Um, but otherwise, yeah, if you, if you can get them in the ground today, I would do it. I mean, the rule of thumb is planting herbaceous plants like hostas four to six weeks before the the first hard frost. Well, yeah, I know, I know. And but I guess, I, I've been busy and I haven't yeah. got around to it. Well, exactly. And I, and I, I would say, we, well, we haven't even really had a hard frost here yeah, in Toronto yeah, no, yet. No. So, you know, you do have time. And the reason for the four to six weeks is so some roots can get out into the ground. Established. Yeah, yeah, just so, again, so they won't get heaved up out of the soil. So keep an eye on them throughout the winter and early spring. And if you do get them in the ground, just make sure they don't get heaved up. And if they do, just put them back in the ground and, you know, firmly put them back down. Okay, so, uh, so plant them right in the pots that I've got now. One or the other. If you want to put them, take them out of the pots, put them in their permanent location, you can do that, but do keep an eye on them and, of course, water thoroughly if you're doing that today. Okay. All right? Okay, fine. Thank you very much. Thanks. Have a good day, both of you. You too. Thank Thanks you very for much, calling. Sharon. Yep. And, uh, hey, just around the corner, from you're from Richmond Hill, I Charlie. Am. So So is Rita, and she's on the line next. <laughs> good morning. Good morning, Rita. Good morning, Charlie. Good morning. It's problem reader again. <laughs> I went up to the cottage last weekend, and you do you know the same thing, rake, rake, rake. Yeah. I did something this year I don't usually do. All around my gardens and my perennials, roses and cedars, mm-hmm. I took a lot of the leaves, mm-hmm. and I put them all around. I thought we were supposed to get rain, mm-hmm. and now those the ground was pretty dry when I put all the leaves around because the pumps out. Mm-hmm. So I couldn't put water. I mm-hmm. didn't tear it from the lake. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yep, I so have it. I done damage now to my gardens? No, no, not at all. So, but so you're worried that you put all these dry leaves on top, or just you know, naked leaves on top of the dry soil? Yeah, yeah. But we've had tons of wind. Did they get rain up there? Do you know? Because we Not had this week, I left uh, uh, Saturday, and we we come back on Wednesday. There was no rain, no nothing. Because we had some funny. rain day, here. Day. Can't remember which day. Yeah. We definitely yeah. had some rain here. Same thing. Now, did you? Uh, what kind of leaves are they? Uh, maple. Um, what's the other one? Oh, birch. Okay. And uh, did you, by any chance, run the lawnmower over the leaves, or no? Did... It's all. <laughs> You're <Okay>. funny. <laughs> it's, it's <rough>. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so... You dreamer, you. Yes, yes. All right, so the challenge is, particularly with maple leaves, because they're so big, and when we pile them on the garden, they f- they're flat, right? So you get this, like, thick layer of leaves that are slow to decompose just because of the size. And what will happen is, like it, <clears throat> it'll be fine for now, as long as the wind didn't just blow them all off the gardens and you they won't be there anyway. But in the spring, you will have to go out into the garden as things are thawing. You're going to have to move those leaves around a bit. Otherwise, they are going to suffocate the plants below, just because they'll be packed uh, thick and flat and not allow a lot of air exchange into the soil. And I was thinking it was the other way around. I thought, okay, that'll be extra mulch. Oh, it will. No, it will. So that's why you do want to leave those leaves there. You just, like I said, are going to have to move them around a bit. And and literally cultivate them lightly in the spring. Just, you know, cultivate the sort of top inch of the soil, 
where the leaves are, because the leaves in the spring will be all kind of wet and damp and compacted and black and brown and, you know, smelling kind of moldy. And what about the seed? Like the, my new cedars I planted there two years ago, they're just gorgeous. Perfect. Now, what's going to happen? Do I have to take it off them too? No, don't take any of it off. Just mix it around. Just mix mi- it around. Oh, okay. Mix it around to encourage the decomposition yeah, yeah. so that by June, you shouldn't, see, or maybe July up at the cottage, you should not see any leaves. They should be all disappeared into the soil, meaning that the the bacteria, the microbes, the worms, everybody will have gone to work on those leaves and they will now be well under the soil creating wonderful organic material and nutrients for the, your garden plants. Gee, sounds good enough Thank to eat. So yeah, you know, no, it's the best. Leaf, <laughs> yeah. It's called leaf mold. It's the best. Yeah. Or leaf yeah. mulch. It's really, really good. But you can't just ignore it. You've got to recognize you do have to move it around a bit. Okay, then. Thank you so, so much. All right. So it was a good idea. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks, Rita. Very interesting call indeed, as are all calls that come into the garden show. Absolutely. But like I was going to say, I mean, we had some serious wind here the last few days. So, of course, it's so funny in my neighborhood because I keep my leaves similar to Rita. Mm. No leaf leaves my property (laughs) unless it blows away. And, um, of course, my neighbor's just, my one neighbor is such a tidy guy. So he's out there raking and raking and bagging up his leaves. And, of course, I'm taking his leaves and putting them (laughs) on my garden and then the next weekend he's out there and he's going I think I recognize these leaves. I think I've already, I've already bagged yeah. these leaves. That's, that's a leaf I've seen before. And then I just laugh and I go, you just bag it again, baby, and I'll put it on my garden and you can rake it up again. Yeah. Thanks for the help. Yeah, exactly. yeah, indeed. Thanks for bagging them. 923 here on The Garden Show from Zoomer Radio. Don't change stations just because the weather changes. Garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. And, you know, we've got another gorgeous Saturday happening here. It's I a beautiful, know. beautiful day. Beautiful blue sky. Any day is a good day when we get first-time callers <laughs> on the line. Hey, wait a minute. Oh, your hey. arm's getting to work out. I know. They're Gwen in Burlington, welcome to The Garden Show. Thank you. Good morning. Good you morning. have your garden wings. Yes, my question is also about leaves. Okay, good. Here and pachysandra. Mm-hmm. I have a huge maple tree, mm-hmm. and next door to me they have uh, birch trees. Mm-hmm. Now all the leaves are on top of my pachysandra. Mm-hmm. Now I don't know much about pachysandra. I've had it for years, and I keep trying to get the leaves off of it. <laughs> And I don't know whether I should do that or just let them go. Well, the birch leaves are small enough that they will fall down between the leaves of the pachysandra. Mm-hmm. Um, for those who don't know what we're talking about, pachysandra is an evergreen ground cover. So it grows about four inches or 10 centimeters tall, green, dark green, shiny leaves, and grows in the sun or shade um, and provides, you know, a lovely mat or carpet. If it's piled too high, like we were saying, maple leaves have a tendency to to really compress together and then compress everything below them. That's what's happening. Yeah. yeah. So I would, what I would do is I'd get out my fan rake, and I wouldn't be overly concerned about getting every leaf off the, the pachysandra, but I definitely would do a light raking, removing the leaves from the surface of the pachysandra. If you can pull out your lawnmower, put the bag on the lawnmower, run the lawnmower over those big maple leaves, and they will get chopped up to about, you know, an eighth their original size. Mm-hmm. Then you can go back with your bag full of, le- you know, smaller leaf pieces and go and lightly sprinkle it in uh, 
over top of the pachysandra. And again, it will filter down between the stems down to ground level and add great organic material to the soil below. Yes. But um, to just leave them. Gonna, it's huge. Yeah. That's covered. And am I going to hurt the pachysandra much if I step on it? No, no, no. It'll spring no, back pretty good. No. Back. The trick with something like pachysandra is you don't want to keep walking in the same spot, but you can definitely walk through pachysandra and it will bounce back up right oh, after. Okay. But just, yeah, avoid going, walking the same part because eventually if you keep walking in the same spot, well, yeah, it's going you'll to like, mush. Just out of every once in a while I find a lot of dead stems. Mm-hmm. Probably from leaves sitting there. <laughs> no, um, it, could, it, it could happen from, well, raccoons will tend to, um, you may not have a problem with raccoons, but they'll tend to have a trail and they will kill things by walking in the same spot. People can do the same thing. Yes, and, yes, and I understand. For, I just didn't know because yeah. I had a... I went out there with a rake, and I thought, should I step on this pack of yeah, what? It, it'll to. bounce back then. Yeah, it will. And, of okay. course, what some people would do is they would have a leaf blower, and they would blow the leaves, and that way they wouldn't have to walk amongst yes. the pack sandra. I'm not a big fan of leaf blowers, though, so I don't have one. No, but, I um, don't either. Yeah. I know my neighbors keep oh. offering to lend me theirs, and I keep saying, no, thank you. I don't yeah. want to borrow your leaf blower. <laughs> I, I find raking very therapeutic. So, yeah, but when you've got a million leaves, it's yeah, harder it's, and harder. It's true, yeah. So, I mean, so... Even if you don't get every leaf off, just try and get the... Because I'm sure you've probably got, you know, multi-inches there. So if you can get it down to only half an inch of leaves on top, that'll be better. Wonderful. Thank, Thank you, you very much for your help. You're welcome. All right, and thanks for joining us. Not now, uh, a first-time caller, for sure. Hey, uh, out there in Brampton is Najma. Good morning, Najma. Welcome to the show. Good morning. How are you? Good well, morning. Thank you. Oh, good. Uh, I have a question about orchids. Mm-hmm. You know, I received a um, couple of those orchid plants, beautiful, mm-hmm. and they're in bloom, mm-hmm. and they looked lovely, and then suddenly they decided to fall off one by one, mm-hmm. just like that. Not sure what happened all of a sudden. Well, the flowers don't last forever. That, yeah, it's true. But it, then, well, my question was, <laughs> do they ever rebloom? Because the, the leaves at the bottom are still green. Mm-hmm. Um Good. Nothing, like months and months. And okay. I'm thinking, do I keep this plant or do I get rid of it? Or? Oh, well, if you can be patient, it will rebloom, get, okay. provided you give it optimal conditions. So if the leaves are still looking good and green, that's always important. Do you mm-hmm. ha- still have that green flower stem sticking up or is it turned all brown or what's happened to the flower stem? Um, you know what? I, I, I think one is um, pretty okay. It's mm-hmm. still green. Yeah, as long as they're green, and- leave them there. You'd be amazed. Sometimes they'll send buds off of a flower stem, despite the fact that they're, you know, it's finished flowering or it appears to have finished flowering. So leave a flower stem as long as it's green, but if it's turning brown and black, cut it off. And caring for your orchid in a north window or an east window, so... Uh, bright but indirect light is important. Uh, humidity is very important for orchids. This time of year, we start thinking about making little pebble trays. So uh, a cookie sheet or a, a shallow dish with pebbles. Orchid sits on top of the pebbles. Water is constantly around the pebbles, evaporating around the orchid. Will help a lot, keeping it healthy and happy. And consider orchid fertilizer. Um, following the instructions in terms of the mix rate, because you'll be using water-soluble fertilizer when you're watering, consider watering with fertilizer in the water, and that will also encourage flower buds to form. So, you know, it sounds like if it's it's been months and it's still looking good, you're doing something right, but you just, just take it up one more notch and I bet you'd be amazed. You'll have tons of flowers by January. Really? Yeah. But one question for you. Um, so the pot, like I'm 
Mm-hmm. Still to do the watering, like with the, the way the instruction said about the cubes that continue that as well, or the humidity one, the pebble trace for the humidity. Yeah, that's strictly to raise the relative humidity around the plant. Okay. That will not be watering the plant because remember the plant's going to be sitting on the pebbles and the water's going to be below the surface of the pebbles in between the pebbles. So there's no moisture entering the plant other than through the relative humidity in the atmosphere. But And so you've been watering with the ice cube trick? Yeah, because that's what it, it actually came with those instructions. Yeah. So it said once a week put um, three to five cubes. Yeah. So so, that's and, well, that's, and that is a very common um, set of instructions that does seem to work for a lot of people because it's that slow watering. The ice slowly melts and slowly waters, which is exactly what the orchid wants. I'm just not a big fan of ice cubes on the roots. I just kind of shiver when I think about it. But um, so either way, though, I mean, it does, that method does seem to work for a lot of people. And it's, a, you know, it's kind of a good system. Um, so yes, carry on doing that. So you're right. How do you incorporate the fertilizer? What you would have to do is that when you're one week, you don't do the uh, ice cubes and you do the equivalent amount of water. So it might be a half a cup or thereabouts, which would be fertilizer in your liquid water rather than your ice cubes or make some special ice cubes that are made out of fertilized water. Oh, there right? you go. You know, make, Good up, idea. make up your mix and then fill a special ice cube tray and mark it. <laughs> this is not to be eaten or drunk by anybody other than plants. <laughs> and, uh, and use those ice cubes to water. might work as well. Excellent. Thank you, Najma. We've got to move along here. I think you snuck an extra question there, if I'm not mistaken. But that's okay. Was she was a little connected? confused about yeah. the pe- okay. pebble tray thing, so no, I'm right. glad she asked that. Well, Patrolman Proctor almost got on my bike and uh, pulled her to the room. No, yeah. Yeah, I saw Trying you warming the- up your <laughs> siren there. <laughs> all right. Well, already 935 coming up, too, and it's Bob in Mississauga who's next in line. Hi, Bob. Good morning. Beautiful day. Yes, it, it is. is. Welcome to the show. Yeah, we've been composting... I guess since '87, mm-hmm. and uh, okay, I got a new composter which we used to use for garbage can to keep the raccoons out. Mm-hmm. Anyway, it's about two and a half by two and a half feet and three and a half feet high. Mm-hmm. It's three quarters full now, mm-hmm. and I know it's loaded with those little trout worm. Mm-hmm. And what I usually do is I open, take the thing right off completely, and take the top layer off that hasn't composed, right. decomposed yet, yep. and put it on a board, and then I put the rest into the garden, mm-hmm. and then I. This is really good. I, I scoop the worms out and put them back in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, good idea. That's a bit time-consuming. But I would do it. Sorry, are you wondering if you should do that or not? Is it too late now? Or oh, no, it's not too late. No, no, no. You can definitely uh, always put compost, as long as it's not frozen solid, which it rarely ever does. You can always put compost on the garden. Um, I don't usually... Do the, uh, I, garden. Well, I was going to say, I don't usually go to all the trouble of taking the worms out. As the um, temperatures are cooling off, the worms like the heat and the moisture. So they'll do two things. One is they will technically, like in the summer, you'll find them up near the surface because they're chewing yeah, they're all away. Around the lid. Oh, yeah, yeah. I know that's funny when they Beautiful do that. Th- yeah, those ones, I swoop them back into the composter for sure. I know that. I don't quite understand that behavior, why they do that. But bottom line is, yes, throw the, keep them in the composter. And I find that they will. Uh, go down into the soil below the compost and composter, and then in the spring they come back up. I found them down low, and when we do the leaves, I I will chew them up with a lawnmower and save them in a big plastic bag, Mm. and then I will add it in the spring and summer and whatever. Yeah, good. Just for layers. And uh, I put pine needles in. Hmm. Yep. You can... got high nitrogen, apparently. 
They do. They are also going to lower the pH of your compost, and compost tends to be a low pH anyway. So just be careful not too many pine needles. Uh, if you have rhododendrons on the property or azaleas or hydrangeas, um, not a bad idea to just use the pine needles as a mulch around those plants. Um, but adding some, a little bit of something, anything in moderation, as long as it's organic-based, add it into our composters is, is fine. It's when we go and put, you know, a foot deep in pine needles that we regret it because then we end up with, you know, super acidic compost. So, you know, even, you know, ashes from the mm-hmm. fireplace, there's sawdust from the shop, uh, coffee grounds from Starbucks. All these things are good, but nothing in too massive of quantity, all of it in moderation. So, yeah, sounds good. I would, you can do the compost addition to this garden now or wait till spring, whatever works better with your schedule. So good for you. Thank you, Bob. Yeah. And uh, we're going to bomb along to a first-time caller in just a flash. Uh, but uh, I just want to mention that very seldom I do I look up and say, hey, we've got a couple of lines open here. So if you've been dying to get through on the line to Charlie Dobbin, by all means, give a call now. Uh, in Toronto, 416-360-0740. Or anywhere in the province, it's toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. Now, my bell-ringing arm uh, has been... Getting a little work today. I guess but let's, so. Let's up the ante here. Hey, <laughs> that's for Eleanor in Richmondale. Welcome First to time the caller. show. Hi, Eleanor. Uh, hi. Hi there. How are you all? I am. Um, I'm having the floors done in my apartment, mm-hmm. and I'm going to have to be out of the apartment for a week. Mm-hmm. I have a cactus plant and aloe plants. Can I put them out on the balcony? At this time of year, I would not do so because they will go into shock and likely die. Could you give them to a neighbor for that week? Yeah, well, they're pretty big, and that's why I was wondering if I could put them outside. Yeah, Yeah, too bad your floors weren't done a month ago, because, yes, you could have then. (laughs) But now it's a bit of a challenge, just because we are at that point where, you know, like last night, I think it was minus 3 in Richmond Hill overnight. And Uh even this morning, it it might not have gotten up to zero yet. So a little too cold uh, for plants that haven't been outside. Cactuses, yeah, Cactuses and aloe are very tough, and actually they could handle minus three but if they haven't been outside they will just be shocked and oh, okay and Thank likely you very much. die thanks Thank for calling all righty good question though i mean that kind of thing happens right mm-hmm. where you know where <laughs> it you has happened but you can't do some things yeah <laughs> thank you you're very all right, welcome Ellen. thank you very much for calling and, uh, yeah, here we are on a Saturday morning. I know. Uh, I just dawned on me, you know, we were talking the last break mm-hmm. uh, before our little Sarah Sill uh, chat, mm-hmm. that uh, a lot of folks, maybe, you know, it's, uh, they're not always available to listen in mm-hmm. at, at 9 o'clock on a Saturday morning. Some people sleep in. Well, so, yes. Some and, people and, live in other parts of the world. <laughs> that's right. So, as, as Peter Umar, our uh, listener in uh, Brussels does. He listens to the podcasts mm-hmm. of the show at his convenience, and that's a neat thing too. Yeah. So all you have to do is go to our website AM740, and you'll you just kind of scroll down. And you see, oh, podcasts. Yeah. You enter that, and then you scroll down to the Garden Show, and, and away about, you yeah, go. The sixth one down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah and they're all perfect. there. All the shows are yep. archived. So if we're talking too fast and you're missing some of the detailed information that I do love to share. Or yeah. you didn't catch the punchline of Frank's joke or something like that. <laughs> yeah. uh, you want to listen again. Yeah, you have again. to go searching for those a lot. 
Exactly. All right. Was there a punchline? Yeah. I don't know. Okay. At 941, we got to take a break here, and we'll be back, and uh, the lines are all jammed again. Wow. Good stuff. Thank you, Sebastian, for your hard work there. We'll get to our callers to The Garden Show, to Charlie Dobbin, here on Zuma Radio, The Garden Show. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than you realize. Should small creatures become a big problem, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio. And the sous chef of The Garden Show saying good morning to Richard in Oakville. Welcome to the show, Richard. Morning. Good morning. It's the leaf episode. Yeah, right. <laughs> I talked to you earlier about my leaves in the backyard, and you mentioned using sheep manure mm-hmm. to cover my leaves. Yeah, to speed I up. I went out and bought six bags, and mm-hmm. after I realized I have composted sheep manure. Oh, no, that's exactly fine. That, yeah, you wouldn't want uh, raw sheep manure. It's yeah, very, very so smelly and sticky. It'll do the same job. Absolutely. And um, how much should I be putting on the leaves? Oh, I just sprinkle a layer. Uh, you know, are we talking a really deep uh, pile of well, leaves, or they just well, over? Yeah, the... they're up maybe six inches deep. Some of, some areas. All right. So you're going to basically uh, broadcast using your shovel or your hands, whatever works best. Uh, just broadcast. You know, what would be the equivalent of about a half an inch of the manure over top of the leaves? Mm-hmm. N- number one, that will help hold the leaves down in the wind. But right. number two, when we get some rain, mm-hmm. of course that composted manure will uh, become soluble with the water and all the little microbes will get out there and start chewing up your leaves and and it's a brilliant thing. And I don't have to run the lawnmower. What kind of leaves? Mostly maple or you got oak? Mostly maple, yeah. Yeah, okay. So yeah, similar to a few callers we've had who have a lot of maple leaves, maple leaves, because of their shape and size, can be a bit oppressive. A hard blanket. Yeah, well, into, like a right? solid blanket yeah. over the surface of the soil, which is okay for the winter because there's not a lot going on, you know, in the soil and in the plants in the winter. But come spring, you will need to get out there with a cultivator uh, or a, a, do a little light raking. Just start moving those that flat blanket of leaves around. You may have to take some off. Uh, and I think one of our callers mentioned that he bags up his leaves. Mm-hmm. I do that sometimes too. Just a big garbage bag. Throws. You've got too many leaves on the garden, but you, you know because you do have to remember, water and air has to get through that to that soil when the plants are actively growing in the spring. So if you end up t- scraping a few leaves off, just bag them up, stick the bag in the corner, mm-hmm. and they will very quickly decompose in the bag. And then you can add that either into the compost or onto the garden later as the other leaves are, are disappearing. They will disappear quite quickly, but there's that fine line between March and June where air and moisture has to Got penetrate. Yes, yeah. 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 So you don't want a solid blanket of maple leaves. I know the the lawnmower seems like a pain in the rear end to get it out, but it it does take out that step of mm-hmm. having to move around the leaves in the spring because they're chopped up; they'll they'll disappear faster. Okay. All right, good stuff, Richard. Thanks, Thanks for Richard. the call. And holy cow, look at this! Uh, another first time caller. Oh, you are getting your work out, Louise here in Welcome Toronto. Good morning. Welcome to the show. You have your wings. Well, well, thank you. That was I considered that my wake up call. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for that and a great show. Thank you. Uh, I need some help getting uh, <clears throat> out of a predicament mm-hmm. of a should have but didn't. Mm-hmm. So I bought uh, these uh, beautiful. They were once beautiful lavender uh, little shrubs mm-hmm. uh, from Costco, and I bought about six of them, and I put them in the backyard. Um, not uh, hadn't decided where to plant them at that point, and over time, to be honest, 
my backyard looks like the jungles of uh, who knows what. (sighs) So I didn't plant them anywhere, and they did dry. Mm -hmm. They're pretty dry. So my question for now is, I'm wondering whether, uh, because I just heard you answer another question Mm -hmm. about uh, being able to plant Mm -hmm. things for the winter in the container outside. So I'm wondering if I could take those um, shrubs, they're still, of course, in the plastic container, Mm -hmm. They are pretty dry, but do you think that I might be able to plant them along the front of the house uh, deep, really smother them with water and mulch? And uh, do you think that they might come alive again in the in the spring, or do you think they're a done deal if they're that dry? So, are, sorry, is this lavender or cedars? They're okay. Well, I've got the two things, oh, but two they're different small ones. lavender oh, okay. plants. So, mm-hmm. do you know the name of the lavender? Like, is there any tag on the lavender or, uh, that you got at Costco? Because there is a very popular lavender that I saw quite a lot of this spring and summer. That is an yeah. annual lavender, so it will ne- under no circumstances survive the winter. But there are certainly perennial lavenders as well. If you were to run your fingers along the stems, would all the leaves drop off or are there any leaves that are still holding on? No, some of them kind of spring back and they're definitely perennials. Okay, good. All right, so here's what I would do. I would get out my scissors or my pruners. I would trim them back by about a third. Uh, You can either plant them into their permanent location, taking them out of the pot, or you can leave them in the pot and plant them in a temporary location. And you're right if they're in the pot or in the ground. Uh, Well, if you're taking them out of the pot, of course, you're going to plant them right at the proper level so that ground level matches ground level. But if they're still in the pot, you can bury them a little deeper just for the winter and then pull them up in the spring put them in their permanent location in the spring. Putting leaves around is a good idea. Watering thoroughly is definitely important. Okay. 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 All right. All right. And so when you say cut them back a third, mm-hmm. uh, so, you're, um, so you take a third off all the way around and leave about two-thirds of the little stems and stuff? Yeah. And well, the, the best way to, to encourage lavender to uh, survive the winter and look good in the spring is look at where the, you can see some growth happened since you bought okay. them. So there is okay. new growth. There is that softer, typically tip growth. Uh, yeah. Then there's the older growth, which is more rigid and, and has is, you know, sort of a barkier kind of a growth. So you're going to look at the new growth, the tip area, and you're going to take about a third of that new growth back. So it might be half an inch, might be an inch, just depends okay. how much the plants grew this season. Uh, but okay. you will find that they'll do better next spring if you do that now. Okay, so since I'm the new up-and-coming gardener and I know very little about these things, mm-hmm. uh, would regular scissors do or do you need oh, pruning things? No, scissors will probably do for this year. Um, eventually, you know, you're going to want to do some, some, loppers, some, yeah. trim, some trimming yeah. that's, you're going to need something a little stronger than a, a pair of shears. But yeah, a sharp, just make sure they're sharp scissors. Whatever you're pruning or cutting with, make sure they're sharp so you're making nice clean cuts. Okay, and um, uh, are you going to be teaching at Humber College at Lakeshore? Uh, it's not so Lakeshore, it's the North Campus I teach. The North? Yeah. And are, which do you is... have classes underway now that I can join? Next, yeah. I will be teaching in January in the Continuing okay. Ed Department. So if you um, look at Humber College, Continuing Ed, Horticulture, uh, th- I'm trying to think, I think it's, I'm trying to remember, I think it's Thursday nights I'm going to be teaching, starting in January. 
Okay. All right. We have to kind of move along, Louise. That'd but thank be great. You. Thank you very much. You. <laughs> uh, keeping keeping our Charlie busy. That's good. That's good. And uh, we're going to take a little bit <laughs> of a break. Charlie. Yes. One of my our Charlie. <laughs> uh, we have Your a couple Charlie. of first time callers waiting online. Oh, get that arm and, going. And Colette, you hang tight. We're coming right back. She's going to do sit ups and push ups in the That's meantime. That's right. Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, Forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, fox, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You've picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. And the sous chef for the garden, a couple of uh, callers coming in now, first-time callers, that is. Good. Let's say uh, hi to Colette in Stouffville. Good morning. Wait, I want to hear yeah. some bells. She oh, needs her John, wings. yeah. Oh, get going there. <laughs> Welcome to the show, Colette. <laughs> Thank you so much. I'm a first-time caller, but a long-time listener. Oh, Excellent. Well, thanks for and calling. Great program. I have learned so much from you. I have a, a question that you definitely could answer. Mm-hmm. Uh, we love on about three-quarters of an acre. And like you, we don't get rid of any leaves. Mm -hmm. My husband has shredded them very finely with the lawnmower. Excellent. And I've distributed them all on my flower beds. But I'm worried that I've put it on too deeply, Mm -hmm. and I may have encouraged some critters to find homes. (laughs) You know what? That was always one of the concerns that people had about keeping the leaves and putting them on the gardens because... Back in the the way historically gardening has been done, and so much of our learning came from the UK and how people garden in England, we were always told, clear the soil, get rid of the leaves, cut down the perennials. You don't want to provide little hotels and motels for critters. But in my experience, that might work in England, but what works here is leaves on the garden. And even if the odd critter, you know what, I hear lots of noise, a lot of in my leaves, but you know what it is? It's worms oh, chewing leaves. Really? Yep. I always thought, is that a mouse? Oh, it must be a mouse there. Oh my gosh, there must be one there. Like there's all these little tick 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 it's going on when it's really quiet at night, but it's not. It's it's the worms and it's it's the sow bugs and it's everybody chewing on the leaves. So do not worry about providing uh, home hotels and motels. But in the spring, yes, as the sun starts to warm and things start to melt, you will need to go out with your gloves and your, you know, little tool of one sort or another and move those leaves around a bit, even if they're nicely chopped up. If they're very, very thick, you'll just find that things like the hostas and the herbaceous perennials that are below ground will, it'll be so cold and dark under those leaves, it'll just take them a long time to emerge. So by moving the, the, the leaves around a bit, the sun gets to penetrate a little more, everything warms up a little more, and things will start to, to grow up through the leaves. You don't want to remove them, you just want to move them around a bit. Great. Thank you okay. so much. Thank you for calling. Thanks, Colette. Don't be a stranger. Now, <laughs> I, well, I believe this should be our final caller, but a first-time caller indeed. That's for you, Vivian in Hamilton. Welcome. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Um, I'm calling about uh, Burning Bush. I've had her for, oh, maybe 10 years, mm-hmm. and um, I've trimmed it, but sometimes I think I trim it in the in the fall, and I shouldn't, which... The, right time to do it well, spring or fall that's a good question actually usually with shrubs we do our trimming of the shrubs 
right after they flower. But of course, with burning bush, there's no really conspicuous flowers. So you can trim it anytime you want. It's your, the reason we trim after plants flower is because we don't want to trim off flower buds and miss the flowers. But since there's no flowers to really see on burning bush, it doesn't really matter. I think you'll find, though, for the best form of the plant, to trim in the spring is the best time because doing the, the trimming in the spring before the leaves come out, you can see the, the, the framework of the shrub. You can take out dead wood. You can uh, take out any crisscrossing branches that might be rubbing together and damaging each other. Uh, you know, so you can sort of do a proper cleanup that way. Then throughout the su- spring and summer, of course, where you've cut back will fill in, and then you've got that beautiful, bright, burning look for the fall. So that would be my recommendation is do your trimming in the spring. All right. Oh, thank you so much. I'm kind of glad because it's grown so beautiful around on this corner of the house, yeah. and it was so beautiful for the last couple of years, but she's getting a little big. Ah, <laughs> oh, there you go. Yeah, so consider, and, and when you are doing that trimming in the spring, take notice of how, roughly how much it grows per year, and typically a happy burning bush will grow three to four inches a, a season. So you know that if you take it back three to four inches next spring, by the end of the season, you're right back to the size you're at now. So kind of visualize what size you want it to be and cut back, keeping in mind it's going to grow. All right? Thanks for your call, Vivian. Indeed. Thank you to all our callers this morning. Absolutely. By golly, we had, uh, well, just a plethora of uh, first-time callers. I know. Don't you love it? Indeed, I do. We always uh, say to the first-time callers, don't be a stranger. Coffee's always on. That's right. A little later on today, I'm going to be back on the air at 1 o'clock, as a matter of fact, Charlie. But, of course, uh, yesterday, some sad news from the music world Mm -hmm. that Leonard Cohen, at 82, passed away. Last Monday. Yes. Did you read that? Yeah. He actually passed away on Monday. Oh, no, really? They only announced it on Thursday. Oh, for gosh sakes. Yeah. Well, there you go. He he was buried in Montreal, uh, a Jewish ceremony, yep. which, of course, happens very quickly after mm-hmm. the death. So, okay. Yeah, interesting. But we'll have uh, certainly um, several shows dedicated to yes, uh, yes. his life and his music. Uh, definitely uh, today at 3.30, Larry Jackson, who does such a great job of uh, Celebrity Spotlight, mm-hmm. he'll be having a show on. So uh, I'll, I'll let you know more about that on uh, the 1 o'clock hour when I get back on the air exactly. I know, you're nonstop. It's just go, go, go. It's We're going to start calling, <laughs> no more Zoomer radio, we're just going to call this, you know, Frankie radio. Frankie or radio, I like that. Proctor yeah. radio. <laughs> Tune in to Proctor radio, he's on 24 you, hours Charlie. a day, seven days a week. <laughs> Thank you, Frank. Couldn't do it without you or Sebastian. Couldn't do it without him or our great callers. So you thank bet. you again. Don't be a stranger. See you again next week. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.